Friday night with a roll of sushi and my go-to chocolate covered pretzels thinking how in the world am I already 29? It is the last year of my 20s. I truly thought at this point I'd be married with a child or two but here we are. I think the thing that feels the worst about having no plans on a Friday night isn't no plans because I do enjoy cozy nights in, but it's the loneliness. If he were here next to me, cuddling me up on the couch and sharing conversation, it would feel so much better. Last month, I deleted the dating apps, which I've done a few times before. It started to feel like a waste of time. I'd also noticed I was using it as a tool to numb out loneliness. This time, I really wanted to focus on my healing from codependency of men. I don't want to have to need a man anymore. I want it to just be something added to an already beautiful existence. I do live a pretty beautiful existence. In 2018, I started an online business and it has transpired into a multiple six-figure brand and growing Working for myself is a gift, and living my passion is truly the biggest blessing in my life. I knew since I was a young girl, I was meant to be my own boss and do my own thing. I hated being told what to do. Even though I had no idea that my passion would become an online coaching brand, my social media occupation didn't even exist back then. But the downfalls of working for yourself is that you speak to a lot of people, but never actually see anyone. It can be lonely at times, especially if you're single and most of your friends are in relationships. So going on dates can sometimes cover that feeling. However, in this case, it became a waste of time. Checking yet another app, meeting for another date, and then realizing the man is completely not your type one minute into the date. So... I made the decision to delete it, at least for the time being. The year is currently 2021, and I have been single for the last 12 months and on a journey of healing and dating myself. There were a few love affairs, short, fun, but as soon as the initial oxytocin and excitement wore off, I realized quickly, if I end up dating this man, I would be settling. I take another bite of the sweet and salty chocolate-covered pretzel, and as it slowly melts into my mouth, it is here where I truly feel like giving up. Maybe I am destined to just be a dog mom and go throughout life alone. Maybe the fairy tale isn't possible. I've been positive. I've healed a lot of my shit. I feel more confident than ever, but still, no husband, no boyfriend, and no prospects. 
I grab my phone to scroll social media again to drown out this negative self-talk, a random picture of a hand with a shiny diamond, and of course the cliche Eiffel Tower backdrop pops onto my screen. Oh, look, she got engaged. Although I have no idea who this girl even is. Keep scrolling. And I land on a sunset picture of my best friend and her boyfriend. Ugh, I'm so jealous. My friend and her boyfriend are on vacation together. I want that. And more scrolling. A random family photo shoot. Oh, a cute family photo. Looks like that will never happen for me. Single for life. And then the cherry on top of the cake. A picture of my little sister taking a mirror selfie in the dress her boyfriend just surprised her with before their night out. Enough. Okay, phone is down. I pull out my journal from underneath my dog. For some reason, he loves falling asleep on top of my things. He gives me a huff as if to say, excuse me, you're disturbing my slumber. Sorry, Phil, I whispered to him so I don't disturb him further. I set my journal on my lap and placed the pen in my hand to do what I do best in situations like this. Redirect my thoughts. Don't really want to do it, but I know that if I don't, I will end up feeling foggy tomorrow and the same never-ending self-pity story will repeat until I decide to clear it. I begin writing down what I want what I truly want from life, something I often ask my clients on our calls. I relax my mind and just let my hand write it out. I want to travel more. I want to meet and fall madly in love with the one. I want the happily ever after. I want to feel freer and more in love than ever before, like a piece of me that lie dormant inside of me awakens fully. Soul on fire, I want to be the magic that awakens other people. I want to feel blissfully alive, loved, living life. I know she lies somewhere inside of me, and I'm ready to find her. Universe, please guide me and help me. So today, October 22nd, 2021, begins the day where I fully am ready to go on a journey of finding this, the happily ever after with whoever he is, but also with me. Ah, my 20s. It's actually a good thing I'm sitting here writing this book in the final year as I reach the next new decade because at the beginning of my 20s, I was a hot mess. I would say the typical hot mess most of us women know very well. I began my 20s as a lot of us do. In college, making a choice for a career I knew deep down I didn't want, drinking and blacking out a lot. Thursdays through Saturdays reserved for the bars. Sundays were reserved for curing a buildup of hangovers and trying to study. Not knowing who I really was. Trying to be someone I wasn't at all because I really didn't know who I was. And with that came diet pills, a lot of hangovers, 
a lot of trying to prove myself in my studies that I wasn't passionate about at all. I mean, how passionate can one be for the periodic table of elements and cell theory? I was majoring in biology and minoring in chemistry because my goal upon graduating was to be admitted in veterinarian school. Not necessarily because it was my sole passion, although I did love animals and enjoyed aspects of all the interning I did, I more or less chose something that sounded interesting and wouldn't require me to be stuck in a cubicle all day. I was completely disconnected from my intuition. At that point, I don't even think I knew what intuition was. I hadn't heard of personal development or spirituality other than religion. I was lost. I was a complete byproduct of my upbringing and societal rules. I didn't even think that there was another option, let alone believe that I could have a different life than my parents. My dream at the time, become a vet, get married, buy a house, have kids, work, vacation once a year, retire, die. I just thought that was all that was available for me, and dreaming of anything bigger felt like a childhood fantasy that didn't exist in the real world. But my college days were a beautiful memory. I will always cherish. I lived with three of my best friends that I made there, Year after year, as the men we dated changed and our classes changed, our friendship only got deeper. I spent the majority of my undergraduate degree single, and the small relationships I did have were nothing really serious. I partied a lot. I danced on bars. I made best friends. I did the spring break trips and flashed my boobs for Mardi Gras beads. And then in the last half of the year... Before officially becoming a college grad, two life-altering things happened. One, I got admitted into veterinarian school. And two, I met Sean. The veterinarian school acceptance came before I even laid eyes on Sean. I was, of course, at the gym when my mom called me. I answered, and she said, Guess what? A letter came from you from one of the schools you applied to. Should I open it? My heart started racing. This is going to feel really bad if she opens it and I'm rejected. (sighs) Yes, open it. I barely got out. What felt like a decade later, she shouted with tears in her eyes. I can always tell when my mom is crying, even if I can't see her face. You are accepted. We are so proud. It was a moment that my heart sank. Oh, great, I said. My mom instantly picked up on my tone. You don't sound very excited. Was I excited? Was I scared? I didn't know what I felt. No, I'm excited. I'm just a little shocked, I said as I made sure my voice sounded more chipper. The next month, we made arrangements together as a family. We booked the flights. We secured housing. I heard from many family members, friends included, how proud they were of me. It felt good to hear that. It felt like I accomplished something, like I was being recognized for something bigger. 
I remember a piece of mail came in for me to purchase uniforms, and it was of a white coat with a name embroidered Dr. Emily Whiteside. It had a nice ring to it. I liked the feeling of saying, I'm going to be a doctor. After the initial shock and accomplishment wore off, the idea of going to vet school started keeping me up at night. It felt overwhelming. It felt stagnant. It started to feel dry. Even others began picking up on it. One of the doctors I'd been interning with had said, Can I be honest with you? As he had a dog out under anesthesia, ready to undergo operation right in front of us. Sure, I hesitantly said. I always know when someone says, can I be honest, they're about to say something you're really not ready to hear. He then uttered the words my inner being had been trying to shout at me since I got accepted. You don't seem like you're that passionate about this. Being a veterinarian is great, don't get me wrong, but it's a lot of schooling, you're going to go into massive debt, and the pay isn't that great. So if you're not passionate, don't do it. I think you're right, I said barely letting the truth escape my lips. But now what? The next thing he said had opened me up in ways I could never imagine. What makes you want to wake up every day? What's the first thing you think about when you open your eyes? I knew my answer. And this answer in the coming years would change the course of my life. But it would take years of learning to understand myself, trust myself, and heal from what I'd been told was just life. So as you guessed it, the dreaded phone call needed to happen with my parents. I felt guilty because they've already purchased my flight. I felt like a failure for essentially giving up. But I knew deep down, I'm the only one living this life. And although it might be difficult, I need to listen to my gut. I ripped it off like a band-aid. Mom? Dad? Yeah, so I've been thinking about this whole vet school thing. And I'm afraid to say this, but I don't think I want to go anymore. My heart fluttered in anguish. We definitely understand. You need to do what you love. If you're committing to this, with this much time, this much energy, this much money, we get it. You need to do what you love. In fact, we're so happy you figured this out now. And that was that. I couldn't believe how easy it was and I couldn't believe the level of support that I had. I would never have guessed right around the corner to this big moment, I would fall in love for the very first time. Sean was the first real relationship I've ever had. And little did I know when I first met him, I'd spend the next four and a half years with him. We met in the gym. I laugh at this now because I had met the majority of my boyfriends up until present day in a gym. What can I say? I have a very obvious type. After deciding vet school was a definite no-go, I spent the majority of my time in a gym lifting and doing cardio. 
sometimes twice a day. It was my safe haven. It was a burning passion of mine since I had been 16. It was a place where I didn't have to lie about who I was or prove anything. It was for me. I was also working there as a gym attendant and personal trainer. That day, I was working with one of my male colleagues and friend. My friend stopped to talk to Sean and introduced me. He was wearing a gray hoodie and gray sweatpants. He was a very large man, tall, built, muscular. But I remember at that moment, as he introduced himself, I thought, he is not my type at all. What is he wearing? Why would anyone wear a monochromatic ensemble? It looks like he's wearing a jumpsuit. For some reason, that outfit always haunted me. A few weeks later, because I had decided fitness was, in fact, always my passion, I decided to go to the Arnold Classics and surrounded myself with people that I aspired to be. So me and five other men packed our weekend bags, crammed into a small car, and headed off to the bodybuilding event. You heard that correctly. I spent two days crammed in a small hotel room with several men. I will never do it again. One of the men there, Sean. We barely spoke the entire weekend except for trading beers at the bar. I accidentally ordered an IPA because I like the name of it, Flower Power, but I don't like IPAs. So he offered to exchange it with me. All of a sudden, something clicked and he got so attractive. I was drawn to him, except my reaction was to be extremely shy and ignore him, which is what happened the rest of the weekend. On our third interaction ever, I spotted Sean at the bar in our little college town we were in. We struck up conversation, both of us likely slurring our speech as it was the end of the night. He asked me, very intoxicated, what are you doing after this? I told him, I'm going home. And a choir of his friends booed me. And then, like some kind of weird, universal, serpendipitous moment, the very next day, Sean went to the same local powerlifting event as me. From that moment, we clicked and my single days were over. He was everything I needed at the time to heal deep wounds I had within. A feeling unloved and not good enough. I'd had a poor time feeling worthy of men until him. I was either in the energy of trying to chase the fuck boy or the complete opposite energy of there are no good men out there. I will focus on myself and my studies. There was never an in-between. Looking back now, I also held a lot of baggage around masculine energy. I had a lot of healing to do. Sean was the first time in my life I gently felt held by the masculine energy. He was a laid-back and easygoing man. He never raised his voice. Not much ever really bothered him, and compared to the only real example of a relationship with a man I had was the one I had with my father. My dad was the complete opposite of Sean. Hot-tempered, outgoing, but very type A. Before I knew it, I was throwing my cap into the air with my best friends and we celebrated finally graduating college. I was so happy for those 
four years of memories in the book. And now I was about to start a whole new chapter with the boy I loved. How quickly life changes. It felt like before I could even add BS to the end of my name, Sean and I were packing up our small cars filled with clothes and making a big move from New York to Atlanta. He had been accepted into a doctorate program down there, and it felt like the next right move when he told me I should come. I decided to pursue my passion in fitness and get my master's degree from the same school he was going to study at. Now, it sounds like a dream, and honestly, he was a great guy. Looking back, we could have made it work, but I was a completely different person. At this point, I still didn't know who I was. Something happens after college. You're so used to studying, living with friends, working toward a goal, and going through the motions of always being a student. All of a sudden, you graduate and you step into the real world. The real world was ugly, hard, disappointing, and very overwhelming. I got depressed during our time in Atlanta. I gained quite a bit of weight because I had used food as my stress reliever and was so lost in life. I felt hopeless. I had zero idea what I wanted to do in the future with this very expensive master's degree. I was broke beyond reason, always $50 in my account at all times if I was lucky. Him and I lived in a tiny 600-square-foot apartment in a not-so-nice area. I was completely and utterly lost in life, and I spent a lot of time angry, mad, and frustrated. This is where I had the first awakening, that there could be something bigger for me out there. I remembered what Dr. Edwards had said What is the one thing you wake up and think about? Of course, the answer was fitness, even though I was gaining weight. I'd become obsessed with research and reading peer-reviewed journal articles, and I was breezing through my master's degree. I realized that then, what if I could have a relationship where I was so romanced and felt so wanted What if I really could have a business and work from home and be a stay-at-home dog mom to my two fur babies, Oakley and Finley? What if I never had to stress about money like I'd watched my parents do their entire lives? I slowly began chipping away at starting my brand little by little. It was a mess at first. I realized quickly if I wanted to have a social media business... I have to be okay with being seen, and I also had to believe in myself. Two major areas I struggled with, confidence and self-trust. It was the hardest thing I had ever done. I began to learn a lot about myself in those early days, which is exactly when I began opening my eyes to the world of personal development. Sean and I broke up once we moved to Kentucky for his internship and I had graduated with my master's of science. I had felt us slipping and realized the relationship wasn't something I wanted to grow with anymore. I didn't feel desired, 
important nor loved. Now looking back, a lot of this was because I didn't deeply desire myself and I relied on another person to make me fill that void, which we know can't happen. I still regret the way I left him. I didn't know how else to. I'd never really had a boyfriend, let alone been in a long-term relationship with somebody. So I drove back to New York with Finley, one of our dogs, for a little break. A week later, I texted him, we need to talk, and broke up with him over the phone. And it all officially began. Now I'm writing this at 29, almost at 30, and my life is so different. I am so different. I realized Sean was a huge part of the lesson for me, and I'm so thankful for that relationship. After the breakup with Sean, I moved back to New York officially and in with my parents, something I never thought I would have to do again, but here I was. At 27 years old, I felt like a complete failure. My old high school friends have moved away, started real careers. My college friends formed relationships and had big girl jobs. And here I was, trying to get this stupid business off the ground, barely making enough money to even feed myself, and very single. Six months later, I moved into a beautiful apartment with my best friend, completely on a whim, and finally felt ready to date again. My business was slow, up and down, chaotic, as was my relationship to money. I had a lot of sleepless nights not knowing how I was going to pay for rent or pay for groceries. Starving artist was essentially what I took on in my mid-20s, and I played that role very well. I still don't know how I did it. I racked up three credit cards, had a breakdown at the end of each month, cried countless tears, wanted to give up a million times, but yet still managed to have fun, went out to bars, and created amazing memories. What I wanted in my next relationship, passion, that felt like my dream something Sean and I didn't share. We were more like best friends who were in a relationship. We didn't have hot, steamy sex. We barely fought. I wanted to ride the roller coaster. I wanted a fiery, deep, burning love. We already know where this story heads, and I'm sure you're saying in the back of your head, red flag. That's when I met him. It's still hard to speak and write about him. My fingers don't want to tell the story, our story. My heart, years later, is still processing it all. So much of me has moved on, but there is a part of me who still hurts. My mom once told me, in the many tearful conversations I had over a broken heart, that sometimes that part of us doesn't heal until we fall in love again. To be continued.